What's up, sports world? Welcome to the D&D uh, Sports Show. I'm Daniel. And I'm David. And we are here just, you know, two gentlemen who decided that who doesn't like talking about sports? So we are just going to talk about major sports, take some questions, you know, just do the daily banter. You know, who doesn't like just talking sports? Exactly, exactly. So uh, I think on today we're, uh, we're going to start with um, Major League Baseball. Um, big night last night. Uh, wild card for the AL kicked off. Um, quite quite the night, uh, to say the least. Uh, no surprise. Me. You, how many games did you catch? Uh, I, did, I was able to catch the, the Yankees game last night. Uh, <laughs> and boy, it, yeah, it was, it was the blowout. 12-3. Um, to 12 to 3, um, Boy, Garrett Cole looked like Garrett Cole, and uh, now I know why they paid him all that money. Dude, that was supposed to be such a good pitching matchup, and it just didn't go Bieber's way. Starting from the first inning, dude, letting that two-run shot to uh, Giancarlo, it just – after that, it just went downhill. I mean, that, that lineup in, in New York is just – it's something else. It's it's not going to be easy for any team in the playoffs, uh, especially going against what many many are dubbing the AL Cy Young uh, frontrunner at the current moment. So we'll see, we'll see how the rest of the series goes. I think uh, we got Carlos Carrasco on the mound and uh, Tanaka, I believe. We do. That will, that is tonight at. That's to, yeah, that's, that's tonight. Uh, that's t- not tonight. That's tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow. Um, should be a, should be an interesting matchup. I, I'm taking the Yankees. I think they'll sweep. Uh, what about you? Uh I don't like the uh, – I'm not a Yankees fan, so I'm going to go with Cleveland. Right. Cleveland in three. Respectable. They're going to figure loyal. this out. Staying loyal. Staying loyal. I appreciate I know if you were, about you. People don't know this, but I'm a huge Tampa Rays fan, so anybody in the East, they ain't coming for that title. All right, going, all right. I got right. Tampa. Tampa looked good last night. They had a couple wild, uh, wild pitches and a little shaky defense, but they pulled the W out. Toronto's not looking great at all. They kind of stumbled into the postseason. I feel like, you know, this is Tampa series to lose. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. I, I definitely, when I looked at the playoff field, I, I look, when I looked at the AL side, it was definitely, I, I, there was just, it, it was really hard for me to pick Toronto over Tampa. That was probably the one matchup where I was like, I think this team is just outmatched all facets of the game. It's it's just gonna be a tough road for him, you know. Honestly, I I picked the Tampa Bay to be the you know the one that pushes the Yankees to the brim of all of all the teams in the AL. I think. I agree with I agree with that statement. Uh, I believe the Yankees did take the uh, head to heads over the course of the season, but this season was such a, this season for all sports, I'm just going to throw this as a blanket statement. The se- all sports seasons this year are just super weird, getting back to normal with everything going on in the world. And it's just, I, I think the most adversity came for sports this year, trying to get back to what everyone loved doing. People were getting paid to do. And to see sports just back in full, it is a good sight. But I just think, so let me ask you a question real quick. Sports titles, do you asterisk them this year? I I am um, I'm trying to remember who said it, but I know that there was this player, I believe in the NBA, that said that this is the actually the opposite because this is just the adversity that teams have had, have 
have had to go through is just it's more than regular season I mean just look just look at like the NFL even with like the, the no preseason I mean there's people who like you know Justin Herbert got thrown into a, a starting job you know without any preseason work I mean he that was probably as you know like I, it wouldn't be his first time with you know the first team but I mean he gets pr- thrown in you got Tyler Hero, who's a rookie, you know, balling out in his first season that was shortened due to COVID. Like some of these players, you just like if Tyler Hero played a full season, you know, he might he might have been better. He might have, you know, pe- the league might have caught up to him. Like it's just, you know, I I don't I don't think you can put an asterisk by it by any means. But I, I get that. And but could you, an asterisk mean maybe a positive thing, or do you just essentially kind of take asterisk with? not such good value well i i think that you you could put an asterisk by it i i I definitely could see it but like i said the asterisk would have to just signify a shortened season or you know like you know maybe for the nfl like okay well this season there's no preseason so you know there's gonna be the good teams getting a late start like i honestly think like people call people call me crazy you know the last few weeks i say the saints are still gonna be a playoff team Man, the last couple games, they have not looked like a playoff team, but I still think they have a chance to make the wild card. Uh, but, yeah, no, I definitely think the asterisk, you know, it, I mean, you can put an asterisk, but it definitely needs to be a positive, not a negative. Okay. I can I can agree with that. You know, it's just people are going to take it both ways. You know, you're never going to have a fully decided factor of that. People are going to see it how they want to see it. But, exactly right. Exactly right. All right, back to baseball. Got a little off topic there, but I exactly, it was it was, exactly. An, it was an important thing to address due to current climate conditions and everything going. The on. yeah, due to the disease that shall not be named. Right. We don't. We don't speak this. We don't speak this. All right. So we got. We covered. Yankees New York, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa. Well, you got Tam- Tampa going. Uh, I, I believe. I don't think that there's uh, any way that the Blue Jays I, – I just think that the Rays will get it done tom- uh, on Wednesday – or not Wednesday, on Friday. They play today. Yeah, Tampa so Friday. Plays today and Friday, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. No, uh, the other game – or the other two games were Houston and the Twins, which I'm not going to lie, the Twins kind of fell apart there in the ninth inning. I don't know if you got to catch any of that game. I caught I caught the highlights of it. I didn't ca- get to catch the game yesterday. Sergio Ramo, you know, just proven that once again. Bro, that... he's, been blow- he's been blowing leads for five, six years now. <laughs> yeah, ever since he was on the Giants. He's just – yeah, it's it's been, a, it's been a rough one for him. But, uh, Cardinals. yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't the most – it wasn't the prettiest game for the Astros, but it just – Proves again that experience in the playoffs does play a factor. Because, like I said, the Minnesota Twins, you know, I, I mean, you got a few a few names on there that have probably seen the postseason. You know, I mean, Nelson Cruz has, um, but he's playing DH, so there's only so much that he can do. He just but, sits on the bench waiting for others. Exactly. and uh, But, no, I definitely uh, – I don't know. What's your take on that? Mm. I don't. I mean, ever since 2017 and the whole Astro situation, it's just they've had a tainted legacy for good for good measures. Obviously, you can't cheat. And get yeah, of course, for, for 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 good reason. Absolutely. Um, that, that team is just on paper they are a good team. Like if you look at 
the averages from the season. They're not great, but they're relatively high compared to other teams. And obviously they made the playoffs, so they did something right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's always like like you were talking about with the whole this the you know shortened season. Um, I mean, <laughs> sitting there at 29 and 31, the fact that you know in a normal season or like not necessarily normal season, but if it wasn't the extended playoff, you're looking at under 500. Uh, you're looking at the the Brewers and the you know Houston Astros like sitting there with their records. They they'd be on the cusp of you know they I don't even know if they'd be in. I don't think they will. I think at the end of the day, they would not make it in. But. Uh, again, I think, like I said, experience is going to take the cake here. I, I do think Astros move on. Uh, do we know the pitching matchup for game two? Yes, pitching? I just actually saw it. It is Barrios versus Uruguay. You know, I... Uruguay, sorry. Yeah. Uruguay versus Barrios. So, I mean, it's definitely... <sighs> I, I don't want to I don't want to you know say anything too but I I think I think it's going to be Houston I think they're going to sweep as well I think experience takes the cake I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go against you this time and I I'm gonna say the Twins will figure this out too I uh, you know as as a, as a sports fan I hope they do you know I do I, do. Too. I don't I really don't want to see Houston uh, you know just yep I'm 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 with you on that one. Now let's switch over to National League. Now, before we start these games, I want to talk about the toughest division in baseball. Are we just going to we just going to disrespect the White Sox and the Athletics? We come, Oh, we did miss them. No, we're just oh, well, going to disrespect my, them. My apologies, the south, my apologies to the south side of Chicago and uh, <laughs> good old California up there. Okay. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah. yeah, no, it's all right. I'm North Sider here, so hey. Yeah, you and your I mean, cubs. You're, 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 it's all right. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of that, uh, South Siders, you know, looking to we're looking we're looking. They're a tough team this year. Uh, you know, kind of an unexpe- unexpected team, I would say. I, I mean, I know there wasn't a lot of people who were anticipating them to, you know, do as well as they were. Unexpected is probably the best word to describe their season. Because when you take a trip up to Chicago, and I have been to Chicago a few times, nobody talks about the White Sox. Mm-hmm. You only you only hear about the White Sox if you go to the stadium. You know, mm-hmm. you're on the south side, you hear about – hell, you hear more about uh, the Bulls than you do the uh, White Sox, and they haven't been relevant since the 90s. Hey, I agreed. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> well, you can't you can't disrespect my boy uh, Derek. But <laughs> well, it depends. Is he healthy or hurt? I never uh, really could figure out which one was MVP. MVP Rose. MVP Rose. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he. They were irrelevant then. You know, they just lost to LeBron. Um, but so, yeah. Uh, but no. I mean, this year definitely, definitely, definitely could be the year the White Sox make a little bit of a run. You know, they haven't really been relevant since what. Paul Konerko, you know, when they won. 2005. Yeah. I mean, it it has been – it has always been like that. Um, You know, it's – I mean, being a Cubs fan, uh, there's always the running joke that, you know, what do White Sox fans and Cubs fans have in common? They both like talking about the Cubs. 
because they just shit talk us the whole time, you know, so, and because they can't talk about themselves. But this year, I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, it's as good as year any for, you know, maybe seeing the old rematch, you know, Cubs, White Sox in the World mm-hmm. Series. It's not going to happen, but, you know, hey. It, it could. It very sh- well as, could. As a Chicago fan, I can fucking hope. So, game two, we got it at 2 o'clock today. We got Dallas Keuchel versus Chris Bassett on the mound. Who you got? Ah, man. I, I really – I like I like my boy Dallas, but I do think that this one's gonna go. I don't I don't think I don't think it's gonna be his day. I think Oakland's gonna make this a series. It's only a three game series, obviously, but I think they are going to put the screws to Chicago and make them earn it. Yes, I I agree. I think Bassett. I think Bassett. You know, he's been pretty consistent, and uh, I I mean they're playing what they're they're in Oakland, correct? They are in Oakland. I mean, he's got a he's got literally a sub one ERA at home. I I just I'm taking well, I'm taking the home team. Uh, you to know. to uh, build on your uh, on the sub one, uh, Chris Bassett is three and zero in the month of September with a point three four ERA and twenty five strikeouts in twenty six and two thirds innings. Fun fact. Yeah, uh, I'll take I'll take I'll take Bassett in this one. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna make it happen for the A's. Now, who do you think who do you think is the X factor for this series? Either team. Um, well, I think the one the, a a player who single handedly can win this series for either team. I, I I just think it's it's the AL MVP, one of the AL MVP candidates, and Jose Abreu. I mean, the man is just having a season. He's, you know, he's looking like he's definitely returning to the form of what we thought he was going to be for years. I mean, he was been a decent hitter, but he's just kind of putting it all together this year. Okay, um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I do think. Well, I say Edwin Encarnacion. Okay. I think with a with a young team like this, and looking at this roster. It is a very young team. I think Edwin Encarnacion has the ability to pull this team together just due to his playoff experience, and he is still hitting like a madman. It's crazy. It's one of those cases where, you know, he just doesn't seem like he's going to be slowing down. So hopefully he keeps it up. You know, I've I've appreciated him, you know, and that run that – that bomby hit in Toronto. I'll never forget that one. Oh, that's that series was interesting. Crazy series that one was. That was when they had to stop the game with the trash on the field and everyone <laughs> was getting way too rowdy. Yeah, it was a, it was a rough one. But I think that's the perfect way to segue to the NL side of things now that we've given the uh, South Side some love. Um we got the first game of today is Reds Braves. Uh, I believe currently zero zero top three. Yep, yeah, and it is what we have: Trevor Bauer and um, let's see who the Braves have on the mound. Max Freed. That's that's surprising to me, actually. Or, or fried, I don't know. I apologize to Max. <laughs> But if Max hears us, you know, we, we made it big. We, but, we can call and explain to him. We, we can uh, – yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, we can uh, use this to vault back into the uh, – into the, the 
the discussion of the the best uh, the best division in baseball. Ford's- Apparently, the best team in baseball is the Reds. If you talk to Trevor Bauer, if you follow him on social media, yes, yes, very much so. Uh, but yes, no, the the uh, I don't want to say self-proclaimed, but proclaimed by you know loyal fans of teams in the division. They are calling the NL Central the best division due to the fact four teams made it. However, I would like to state, you know, with the whole extended playoff, I, I mean. Do the, do the Reds, are the Reds the, let's see, they're the seventh seed, so they wouldn't make it, and neither would, neither would the Brewers. So, again, you know, obviously, consistently we've had, you know, two playoff teams for, you know, at least, you know, uh, what, 2015, we had three. Um, There's always two in the playoffs. I, yeah. I probably would go back 2008-9 before I said, there were not two NL Centrals. Well, uh, yeah, uh, even when uh, let's see, I mean, it, it used to be, you know, uh, Brewers kind of got hot lately, but it used to be just, you know, you'd have the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Pirates would be fighting for the two spots, you know, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, they are okay. very good. They just always play each other competitively. Like that's why they they always beat each other. Like you know, some divisions they just run away with it. You know, like you have the the powerhouses who just literally sweep their divisions, all the division series. But like, it's, I mean, I've been to plenty of Cubs Cardinals games. You know, I've been to a Cubs uh, Pirates game. I've been to Cardinals Pirates. I've been to all, like, I've just watched them play and they just, they genuinely hate each other. And they the intensity just, just, they, they just, they, they come to play. Like every time they play each other, I, I mean, anybody can win. Like I've seen, I've seen the Cubs win with a, a, they bring up the guy from the farm system and they beat the Cardinals. But then I've seen John Lester got on the mound and get five homers hit off of him. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter, you know, and they could be in the same lineup the Cardinals can throw out there. Like it, it just, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to agree. It's I'm, I'm looking at the standings currently and it's, it's actually surprising to see uh, the Reds finished 31 and 29 they have better records currently than Houston and the Brewers. Um, so I think they probably still would have made the playoffs. I think it was just because you get two teams essentially that finish each division anyway. That's that's why they are the lower seed as compared to a Houston team who was 29 and 31 making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's just my personal opinion. I, I agree with that. But I'm going to take the Braves in this one. I just think that team is that team is is young and last year they put they put the screws to St. Louis in uh, the playoffs. I, yeah, I definitely I think I got to agree with you on that one with the Braves. I just don't see I just don't see it, you know, for the for the Reds, I mean, granted, I I glad to see them make you know making the playoff for first time in I don't for a while. I don't have the exact time, but I just think Braves, you know, they got they got some studs in their lineup, and if they get hot, they're going to be a dangerous team to to go against. I will say the only way the Reds win this is if Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray both pitch perfect games, essentially. I agree. I agree with that. I I definitely think that uh, if if you can get you know seven and eight innings of shutout ball from those two, I mean you you got a chance. I mean, 
you definitely have a legitimate chance. But I just if if they have short starts, for honestly, that's the way for either side. I mean, you got to have you got to have pitching to go deep. That's just how how it is this playoffs with the. I was gonna say that's just season. that's just playoff baseball this year, due to the extended postseason and everything. You're gonna have to either have really good bullpens, which only a couple teams have shown that they can actually do short starts, or you're going to have to trust your starters to make it six, seven after, you know, a short season, you don't get as many starts. You don't get the reps, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. And that's like, that's what, I mean, you know, the experienced teams come through. I mean, yet, uh, like I hate to bring up, you know, the game we already talked about, but Houston, I mean, I Granky pitched like five, five innings and, the the bullpen came in and held held them scoreless. So I mean, the good teams, you know, I hate to say it, have a bullpen that can bail them out because you know you can't. I mean, you you can trust your starters only for so long. Right, and if they don't have their stuff, they don't have their stuff. There's no reason. And if you notice it early, so let's take the Reds Braves examples. Exactly. If Trevor Bauer doesn't have stuff on his slider, there's no reason to keep him. You know, you give then, him the three, hey, four. Don't, don't, don't extend him over what he's right. comfortable with. I mean, if he starts walking people or if he just – like they start timing his fastball, it's it's just something that has to happen. You know, you got to – you, you got to, unfortunately, as a manager, just think about the bigger picture here, you know. And, like, it, that's tough to do, you know, especially in a, in a three-game series. You know, if it was the regular season, you can just leave that guy in there, let him try to deal out of it. But it's playoffs. I mean – you lose game one, you're in a hole. You know, right. you're, you're playing with your back against the wall. In a three-game series, it's a little different than a five-game, and that's kind of something I want to talk touch on next. So three-game series, you essentially got to win two in a row. As to where five-game, it's not as – if you lose game two, okay. You know, maybe it depends on how you feel – how you felt your team played. You win game one, you're sitting pretty. Okay, game two, series gets tied 1-1. You know, you have flexibility to lose maybe a game. I know nobody wants to look at it that way. But that is, you know, strategically placing it. There is room for error in the five-game series. As to where in a three-game series, there is no room for error. Uh, and you're, you're done. Yeah. You're, exactly, you're exactly right. I mean, there's the room for error is, is uh, almost non-existent, you know, like – like example, uh, he, yesterday is a perfect example. Uh, you know, I keep bringing up the same game, but that Houston Minnesota game. I mean, two outs and an air that extended the inning, and you know they capitalized with three runs on it. And that's the difference between going to extra innings and giving your offense a chance to win the game, and you know you get blowing it in the you know, like it's just one of those things. Like that wouldn't be a big deal in the regular season, but like it's just you're in the spotlight now it's playoffs right everyone's watching and this is going to be what if they lose the series that will be remembered most from this exactly from the series exactly and it'll be it'll be like you know or even even if this thing goes if this thing goes three like just think about it like they could if they win this next one they're just going to look back at that play and be like well it should be over it could it could potentially have been you know they could have been a sweep in the opposite direction but i i agree with you <clears throat> Let's see the second game of the day, Cubs Marlins. Mm. Series near and dear to my heart. 
Well, the, the, I know your take. I know your take. The rematch. The 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 rematch. The rematch. You know that. You know, I I remember exactly where I was when you know the infamous, the infamous play happened. Um, we're not gonna talk about that though, because I can talk about that for hours. Uh, but no, I uh, I mean, I'm trying. I'm I'm gonna put on my I'm gonna put on my sports fan hat right now. All right, I, I, I'll set set the Cubs fan the Cubs fan off to the side. I think that this is a dangerous Miami team, and I think that they are going to have the potential to be a playoff team for the next two to three years. I do. I think that their bubble is going to last longer than that. No, do I think they're going to make deep runs in the playoffs? Probably not with their current roster. But I do think that they're young. They have a lot of talent that could develop, you know, and get better. But I do think that the Cubs starting pitching, if, if, you know, Kyle can go seven innings, you know, six, seven innings tonight, you know, I, I, I'm a Cubs fan. Trust me. I've seen our bullpen. I, I don't want to hand them the ball until the, at least the eighth inning. So if Kyle, you and John can just dial it in and give us seven innings, every start or even six, you know, I, I think the Cubs, the Cubs got the series. And you touched on it that these Marlins, this Marlins team is a dangerous team if left unchecked. Um, looking over their lineup, they have some some scary power, um, and some from people you might not expect. Obviously, Jesus Aguilar, he was a Brewer great home run hitter. Don't get me wrong, but Starling Marte can hit the ball well. Corey Dickerson has shown he has a little power from a leadoff spot, which only happens every few teams i mean Etro could hit for power a little bit you know um and then brian anderson is the very very interesting pick and i think he is the player to watch for this team agreed very, very i i definitely agree with that and i will say the one statistic for t- today's game that kind of stuck out to me and it definitely is that there is five five batters on the in the uh, Miami lineup have either never seen Kyle Hendricks or never got a hit off of him. And uh, Cor- let's see, is it it's Corey Dickerson? Corey uh, Dickerson? Yes, he he has leading the team with a 250 average against Kyle Hendricks. So I think you know the first couple innings, Miami's gonna get off to a slow start. But you know they see they see Kyle, you know one two times. You know I think by the third time they they're gonna start hitting him. Uh, that's just how Kyle pitches. Uh, you know, I've been able to watch him pitch many, many games. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think this will be an entertaining series. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Um, I mean, no, Sandy Alcantara, there's there's nothing. You know, he's he's a good he's a good pitcher in his own right. Um, so I, I think it'll be an interesting series. Okay, so I'm gonna t- as much as my inner side doesn't want to do this, I'm gonna take the Cubs this series. Uh, yeah, I, I I definitely will agree with you on this one. I think uh, I think it might. It, I mean, there's a chance it'll go three. I'm gonna take the Cubs in two, just because I I believe. Uh, let's see, I don't want to be tell you the wrong thing, but I'm pretty sure that the projected starter for game two is you. And I I I mean, you is in in the conversation for NL. Uh, Cy Young. I do. I think he'll win it. No, I think Degrom will probably repeat, even though he's on a really bad Mets team. You know, it's just it's unfortunate that he's wasting the golden years of his career with 
the Mets? Uh, yeah, they were so. They were how how they how they fell. Like it's they one of those like, It's one of those what ifs. Like it's it's like what if that that whole rotation would have stayed together for you know for less money. Like would they would they have done damage? You got you know Matt Harmy, Syndergaard, Degrom. Like if they would have stayed together and been healthy, you know no injuries. I mean I I don't know. It's been hard to pick against the Mets the following season if you know injuries wouldn't have plagued them. Right. So all right, let's cover. We're gonna cover the the last games and then I want to talk about the Cy Young. All right. I want to I want to come back to that because that's. That award is going to come down to the wire for both sides of the league. Def- definitely agree with that. Uh, in the next game we have, uh, let's see, that is, uh, is that, let's see. That would be the good old-fashioned Cardinals and Padres. That's yes. That's a scary matchup from being a Cardinals fan. It is scary to think about this matchup. It's it is a it is a series that I, I know the outcome or I, I believe I am I feel strongly about the outcome. I do believe that the Cardinals will win the series and I'll give you um three words for why I believe that. Um and it's no Mike Clevinger because Clevenger is he's I I don't think he's going to be ready to pitch in any of these games. Um, I I don't think he's I, I'm pretty sure they ruled him out for the wild card series, and he is definitely was their best chance you know pitching wise that uh, uh you know without him I mean they still have but their number two is already out for, you know, the playoffs. So I just, I don't see the Padres winning just based on pitching. Well, if we just based this on pitching, I, I don't understand what either team is doing for their three game run. I, I, mean, I agree. Game one is Kim versus Paddock. Paddock is posting a 4.73 ERA in his last 12 starts. D- don't sleep on KK though. No, KK is I, – I like what he does. I like his movement, and I like how he handles himself. As a lefty, you know, lefty versus lefty is always a good matchup, but the way he pitches around right-handed power hitters is amazing. He never feeds them too much to hit. And his movement, you know, it'll start out chest high, and that thing moves, and it, it catches them off guard. But I was more – I was more intrigued that we don't have uh, Mr. Flaherty starting game one, but I guess when does it, when does the Flaherty 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 is slated for game three, and I did believe they switch it again. I believe the reason why they did that is uh, just I think it's matchup sake. I I think this this gives them a chance if they sweep. Jack Flaherty's rested up, ready to go for the game one of the next series. And if not, he's there to, you know, send the team to the next series in an elimination game. Hmm. That's just my opinion. I mean, I, I understand the whole pitching your ace slash. I think this game's going three, this series. I I mean, <laughs> Wayne has been on fire this whole season. He just looks so good for his age. And his curveball has not taken off at all. It is 
good to see for as a Cardinals fan. But this Padres team is just way too scary. I I completely agree with that, and um, I mean, you know, it's it's always it's always hard to you know when it comes down to the baseball, it's hard to choose you know offense or pitching. And I'm just going to give the edge to the pitchers in this one. I, I do think that the lack of starting pitching for the Padres is going to catch them. I mean, you got a, a lot of new, you got a lot of new faces, you know, on the, on St. Louis's season, at least when it comes to like their batting leaders, you go, he's got Paul Goldschmidt, you know, he's always consistent, but you know, just, you got some, some names that, you know, I mean, you might've heard of them, but you know, me, uh, uh, a fan of, you know, not necessarily of the team. I mean, there's some new guys, you know, Brad Miller, mm, you know, he's, dude, he's got, he's, he looked good this year. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I said, like just going down the list of, you know, obviously I know Dexter Fowler, you know, shout out to 2016 Fowler. Um, you got Tyler O'Neill back in the lineup, you know, you got Bader. I mean, there's, this is a, this is definitely a, you know, I mean, it's still a talented Cardinals team. Like, like I said, Dylan, they, Carls, Dylan Carlson is – he's in a little slump currently, but I, he came yeah. out on fire. Uh, and, and I mean, this, this, team, this team is definitely one that, you know, gets hot. You know, they're always a, there's always a team that can, you know, make a run. I mean, I was gonna say, I'm definitely they, saying optimistic. And I think if any team has – the hardest uh, teams to go through, it will be, I think, St. Louis. I agree, because even if they win, I mean, we're going to get to this, but yeah, I, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Segue into it. Yeah. The NLDS will be no easy task for whichever team comes out of this series. And oh, that is exactly. And that is because. We, as we move on to our next game, the Brewers versus the Dodgers, which, in my opinion, this isn't going to take much time because I don't have much faith in the Brewers. I mean, to, to today's – or tonight's game, rather. Tonight's game, uh, you know, you got the the young upcomer Walker Bueller versus – versus uh, old Suter. I, like I said, there's – there's just not a whole lot that I can say about this game without just, <laughs> I mean, you got a sub 500 team going up against what arguably is the best team roster wise. Roster wise is the best team in, in the playoffs, in my opinion. I mean, I just don't, I just don't see it happening. So, I would love, I would love for them just to happen. I mean, I love good, you know, good baseball. It's just, What's your opinion on this? My opinion is this this first game is going to be interesting because it is a bullpen game for the Brewers. Yeah, that is true. If I I just I, I don't see it. I don't see it working well against the Dodgers. I mean, this lineup from top to bottom is talented, and that's an understatement for that word. I mean, it doesn't matter which lineup they throw at you. You have – you think you're going to make it through the top five? You still got to worry about, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. 
they're just their eighth hitter yeah. is still a second is technically a second cleanup. Like I agree. Yeah, no, it's definitely gonna be a tough road. And I don't mean to interrupt you here, but I just have some you know, uh, a little bit of an update. Um, so we talked about it earlier, the, the, the twins trying to, uh, bounce back, um, against the Astros. Well, we have, uh, officially Byron Buxton, the center fielder has been ruled out. He's not 100% during warmups. He could be available off the bench, but according to manager Rocco Baldelli, he says that he would not, elaborate any more on the condition he said he has mild concussion symptoms thoughts on that Ooh, that's that's an unfortunate loss because he really you he has that speed out in center field to help cover the gaps and without that i don't it, it uh let's see we got max kepler will be moving to center field and the rookie alex Kurloff is making his MLB debut in right. An MLB debut in the playoffs. That's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy, crazy year that, I mean. But you know uh, what? Let's go. Let's, I hope the kid does great on his, in his debut because what better way to st- set your career off than coming in, starting in playoff game and just wrecking. Light up, light up the Astros. Yeah, you like all right, come on, sir. Light up those Astros for us. Prove us for prove us for well, prove me right and David wrong. I'm, I'd be okay with that. Exactly, exactly. Um. Anyway, so moving on. Um. You know that's the schedule for today. Um. But tomorrow, uh, we do have Thursday football. We do. It we have. It's gonna be an interest. But you know, on paper, this matchup is. You know, it's a it's a stinker, uh, but you know what? It's it's sports, so we, it's football. I was gonna say it's football. It. We gotta so. talk about it. So, uh, I guess we'll start. You know, Jets, um, and we Broncos. I mean, three teams. Well, I mean, let's it, start with that. Okay. All right. You Whoever know, so, wins this game gets their first win of the season. What's okay. to look forward to? All right, so I will I will elaborate on that a little bit. Um, so, I mean, the Jets the Jets definitely didn't have a cakewalk of a start to the season. Um, obviously, they, with the Bills in Buffalo, you have uh, the 49ers came to home. I mean, yeah, they had an injured team, but that's still – 49ers are coming off of a Super Bowl. Like, it's still not easy. And then playing the number one defense, I mean – I, I like I said this this team is bad. You know I think Pat McAfee said said it best on his show yesterday. I mean it is this is probably one of the worst teams I've ever watched a, a game. And I wa- I watched them play the Colts and it was a stinker. Like he's like I I think somebody posted uh, I don't remember who it was but they wanted to see this team play the Detroit Lions led by Dan Orvlosky of uh, I think two thousand six. Okay. And they said uh, they That's said that a, that game would be a stinker of a game, but they want to see who would win that game. I I just think even even with I don't even know how to say his, the quarterback's name Brett. Man, I don't want to butcher it, but Ripian Ripian. I don't know. Sorry to Brett, but uh, no, I, I just I think Brett's gonna have a field day. I just think this Jets team is just terrible. 
I, I really think the Broncos get their first win. Uh, it's just – it's hard for me to not pick them, even with the third-string quarterback. And to be fair, the Jets didn't look terrible against Buffalo. Yeah, it took them, what, three quarters to figure it out. But when they figured it out, it, their team did click. I mean, Jamison Crowder had 100 yards that game. Sam Darnold actually threw well, you know. I agree. And but yeah. then game two, then game two rolled around, and it was like you flipped a switch, and they looked like crap. I agree, and I definitely like. I I look at it as you know the Broncos, their their zero and three is, I you know it's one of those zero and threes that literally could could have been two and two and one. I mean, to the fact that you literally, I mean, Goskowski had arguably one of the worst days opening opening weekends as a kicker ever and he just happens to make the one that counts at the end of the game you got you know if he misses that you win 14 13 you're one and oh you know Steelers 26 21 one score game again flip you know a tackle here you know interception there it's a whole different ball game obviously you're playing the Bucks they're starting to click um we'll, we'll talk about them you know on Sunday's show but you know I just that one think- did get out that one did they let that one slip. And I, I agree. I agree. But, you know, they're also playing without Drew Locke, you know. So, like, this is just – let's just see who is more resilient. I mean, they're both 0-3. I mean, if if we want to talk about how bad this game is supposed to be, they're averaging – the Broncos are averaging 15 points a game, and the Jets are averaging 12. They're allowing 30 points per game. And they both have under – 330 yards per game. That yeah. is I will atrocious. say the one thing that the Jets have going for them is um, I believe – I don't remember who reported it first, but basically uh, from what I understood is the uh, ownership of the Jets basically told Adam Gase if he loses, he's out. Um, and they've already been – they talked to an agent about – Shopping. shopping for other head coaches. Um, so that's definitely going to be something interesting. See if the team comes fired out, ready to play. On, on paper, offensively, the Jets should should be able to score on, you know, score on Denver, but they just haven't figured it out yet. And I, I'm going I'm going with the Broncos. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'm, it's going to be a kind of a stinker of a game. I'll go 2014. Hmm. That's giving them some. That's giving them the benefit of some points there. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Denver, but I'm gonna say it's gonna be fourteen ten. I'm gonna say this game's. This game is just gonna be boring to watch. And I don't. I don't think the only person I'm looking forward to watching is Noah Font, because he he's explosive and athletic tight end. That that and brings us give me some points this week. That, that, I that, need him to show up. That's yeah. That's the next segue into our our fantasy player to watch in this game. Well, and I think it's it's up and down these rosters. You know, there's not going to be a whole lot of players in this matchup who are on many many of the teams per se. But I I think you kind of hit it home. I think you're 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 you have like two options. Uh, uh, uh fantasy wise, in my opinion, you have. You know, the tight ends, you know, you got Noah Font. Um, but also somebody, you know, that 
you that some people could have, you know, would be um, Melvin Gordon. I mean, obviously with him sharing the load with Philip Lindsay, it's it's kind of a hit or miss. At least that's my that's my two players to watch on Denver side. Do you have any Jets to, that you know maybe if they're available, you know? The only I them? mean, uh, Braxton Berrios is under the radar. Obviously, with Jameson Crowder hurt, uh, Rashard Perriman not playing nearly at all because injuries, and he just doesn't look good when he's on the field. Agreed. Uh, I would say my three people to look for, Noah Fant, obviously, number one the whole, throughout both teams. Yeah, Berrios would be number two because he's the only current receiver for the Jets that is at all doing anything for this year. And number three is a – is somebody that is probably owned, and I don't have a number off the top of my head, but I'd say less than 10% of leagues, Jeff Driscoll. And what a story this is becoming for him. And he surprisingly looks good for being somebody who was thrown into the position. I, and you know I I agree with you, um, but I don't I don't know if you if you heard or not, but Driscoll is out. Is he out? I didn't. Yeah. That. No. Did you uh, earlier? I mentioned a oh, man the by the name of Brett Ripian or Ripian is making the start. Uh, I'm not exactly sure the whole story about why he is, but um, the uh, what first year man out of Boise State is going to get a look and I mean what better way to you know get your reps out there I mean this is definitely I honestly think Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay can carry them to a victory Uh, I just I don't see that not being the case you know Um, I think this is just to see if they have a option at backup for Drew Locke because I do still think that Drew Locke is the guy you know obviously being from Missouri I'm a little I'm a little we're a little biased but exactly but it just I think that he has the ability they just have to build around him I mean he's he's getting flushed and you know they just got to build you know build around him I think so I'm curious about something now I'm looking at the depth chart because I just wanted to take a look and why is Blake Bortles not starting so from from what I could understand, I believe he was brought in as kind of a like I don't know, it'd be a mentor role. So I think I, role. I think yeah, well I think with Drew Locke being out, um I I think they were just kind of bringing somebody in to compete and just to try to kind of put the other quarterbacks under their under his wing. I mean, obviously Jeff Driscoll has the same amount of experience or well roughly, you know, being the same age. But Blake Bortles, I mean, Blake Bortles, people forget and people, you know, like to dog on him. But, I mean, the man, I mean, yeah, he was carried by his defense, but still, he literally played in an AFC championship game. Like, I mean, that was the year that they they scored, like, I think they scored, like, 13 points on the Bills, and they still won because Tyrod Taylor is a bum. I <sighs> mean, and just, just throwing the stat out there, Blake Bortles has 17,649 passing yards. That's nothing to sleep on either with 103 touchdowns. Like that's I mean, I mean no, you're absolutely right and I mean it it's it's just kind of like it's just kind of weird. It's just it's just an interesting situation to see them go with ripen over Bortles in this 
in this instance. I do believe that with the fact that, you know, I mean, he was just signed last week. I mean, it, it could it be a controversy in the future between, like, I mean, the, the four-headed monster that is Denver quarterbacks? You know, I, I, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, this, is, this man is a former third, like the third overall pick. I mean, this dude can play. I, I agree with you. I think that at the current state, I mean, granted, I haven't seen Brett take a snap, but I, I mean. He's one for two. You so got to. He's, he's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, you got to go with the boat. The best of all time, the boat. Oh, here we go. And then you have the bum of all time, Tyrod Taylor. But, I mean, I didn't say that out loud. Hey, I'm a Buffalo fan. That man broke a curse, all right? Yeah. I can I can smack talk him. Uh, you don't see me talking bad about all the – I don't know. All the way. I don't, I don't, we, don't really have, we don't have football in St. Louis anymore. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a reason why I'm not a Rams fan. Let's just say that. That's why, that's why I jumped ship. We might in a couple of years. We might have a football team. Coming. But a very, you know, something that I I look forward to every weekend, and I'm sure you do as well, is the craziness of college football this year. I mean, talk about a crazy week this past week. I mean. Let's just say it's not for the faint heart. Arguably the the biggest hangover. You know, so far of of the short season, you know, that LSU team team did not look like the same LSU. Yeah, LSU, exactly. I mean, a couple of notable scores that's, you know, from the the past week that stick out. I just want to say, Mizzou put up 19 points on Alabama. That is 19 more points than I thought they were going to score. I mean, you're absolutely right. I I agree that if there would be a year for somebody to take down Bama and this is, they, it. This is it because I like Mac Jones. I, I do. I, but I really think obviously Najee Harris is going to carry them probably to the playoffs, but I really think if you can somehow, you know, pack, whether you stack the box against Bama, I think, I think if you stack the box, stop Harris, I, I don't think Mac Jones can beat you. Uh, you know, normally they have a quarterback who can beat you. I mean, they've had Tua, they've had uh, Jalen, they've had, you know, in the past they've had like A.J. McCarron, you know, Greg McElroy. They've had all these quarterbacks who can beat you. But I think this year Mac Jones does not scare me. Like, if I was going up against him, he doesn't scare me alone. Like, if he has a running game, of course, you know, play action pass. It's, it's like any team. If you can establish a run game, you're going to win games. And I agree because, like you just touched on, Alabama has had quarterbacks who can beat you down with the run, and then they can beat you with the long ball. They've had quarterbacks who can throw 70, 80 yards and not miss a beat on a pass with the wideout. Mac Jones doesn't have that ability. I don't see him throwing deep balls consistently. Uh, His long Saturday was 46 yards, and that was – a catch that was 20 yards down that Mizzou missed a tackle on. So in his average yard, his average attempts are 10, 10 yards right now. I don't see him consistently being able to beat you outside. So he's going to have to keep the ball inside on slant routes, go routes, just short options. 
if you cut those off, any any good secondary defense is going to tear this kid apart. I, I completely and I completely agree with that. And uh I, I do think that is definitely going to be this is gonna be a year for, you know, Bama to, and I you know, it's I mean it's one week. We've seen one week of Mac Jones, plenty of room for improvement. Um I do I do think that there is flaws in his game though. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that develops over the season. Um, looking over the rest of the board, um, big upset in the top three would be Oklahoma going down, just proving again the Big 12 can't play defense. <laughs> Every um, game's a shootout. It, it, it's crazy. You know, I've been talking, you know, there's people who are posting about it and stuff on, on, you know, social media and everything, and I always comment and just – you know, they always like to bring up the whole Baker, you know, they got Baker, they had Jalen, they had Kyler. Well, the thing about it is, is if you guys would have had a defense, you know, I, I, I did the average statistics. They've made four, uh, four playoff games, and uh, they've averaged giving up 49.5 points in those four appearances. 49.5 points. And that's weighted down by a blowout by Clemson or not Clemson, LSU last year, they who put up 63 on them. Uh, obviously, that's a little bit, you know. But, like, the Big 12, they got to figure out defensively. I mean, if you looked all the way down the board, I mean, you have Texas sitting there at eight. They give up 56 say, points. This That's what I wanted to – that's the game I wanted to talk about next, was if we were going to continue the no defense Absolutely. trend. Absolutely. And that, that I watched that game, and I'm going to be honest – for those of you who are, you know, obviously this is a, the the first podcast. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a huge Texas Longhorn fan. Been a Texas Longhorn fan almost my whole life, you know, since the Vince Young years. Been through all of it, through the heartbreak of, you know, Crabtree ripping that ball out, out of our safety's hands, you know. Fucking, I mean, I've seen Colt McCoy's whole career. And, uh, man, I turned this game off whenever uh, – <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When Thomas – Broke, you know, when uh, Shadrick or sorry, Sar Sardrick Thomas, when he broke, when he broke that run, I, I turned it off. When they were down fourteen, that was about that was a yeah. I, Six minutes just, ago or five minutes ago, I turned that game off. I was like, it's stick a fork in them, they're done. I you can. <laughs> it's funny. I threw the remote down, turned it off, like laid down. I was like, all right, I can't watch this. You should have. <sighs> but that just. Texas Tech doesn't know how to close games out. They've been they've been blowing leads for years now, but this just shows that you gotta have a defense in college football. You uh, were up I, going in. You were up seven with three minutes left. You guys acted like you won the game, and then you blew it. Uh, and I again, like this is this is a kind of a, a trend that you know we didn't really touch on, um, but. I just don't understand. Like I see, so this is kind of near and dear to my heart. So I, as you, some of you may know, I you know I coached high school football for a year last year while I was working and stuff before you know I shipped out. But uh, you know it's it's crazy that like I was in charge of you know setting up special teams, and every week at practice we go over regular kickoff and hands team, and we kick like four balls to the hands team every week repping it because you never know when they're going to pull it out you never know where we're going to have to have our hands team ready to go but like just just like the falcons game for example i mean it's like they've never even ran a hands team before like they just watch the ball go then you have 
the guy who tips the ball up. Like if, if I was, I was taught from you know a freshman in high school. Heck, even before that, like bat the ball out of bounds. If you're gonna hit it, hit that thing you hit ten. It ten yeah. You hit it ten yards out of bounds. Like oh, I watching that tech guy jump up and just tip the ball up and like right into the arms. It's just, it's just hard to watch. Like I'm a Texas fan, so you know, obviously I was excited to see it, but. <laughs> it was just it's just it's such an interesting way to and i i'm a cowboys fan in, in nfl and i was and i watched the onside kick against the falcons and i'm like what did what did i just witness like atlanta looked like they saw a ghost and just watched it happen well and yeah and and like i said this is this can go both ways as well like i have i've seen uh I, I believe it was – I don't remember. I think it was last year. Uh, uh, I believe the Bills were playing, and the team kicked an onside kick, and Micah Hyde jumped up, caught the ball, and ran it in for a touchdown uh, untouched wow. because they didn't realize that that was a live kick. And, like, they, they were waiting for it to go 10 yards, and Micah Hyde said, all right, if you're just going to leave a lane right down the middle, I'm going to take I'll it to the house. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's – it's just uh, special teams are so important. Like, like wrapping it back into to college football. In that Texas game, there was a muffed punt for a touchdown. There was a blocked punt for a touchdown. I mean, there was uh, – I mean, about the only thing consistent on, on either of the teams is the kick – is the field goal kicking. Um, even, I mean, I believe Texas Tech's kicker missed one um i mean it could have been the difference maker but i mean the only consistent player on on either side right now is i feel like texas kicker because well <laughs> actually texas went seven for seven for extra points two for two field goals and then texas tech missed the only field goal and went eight of eight for extra points uh, uh, exactly I'm, I'm telling you like <laughs> special teams are so important uh, it's just it's crazy to me that they just don't harp well, on it more, you know. I mean, I know okay. that it's college, you know. You'd like to put up a lot of points, you know. You don't want to worry about kicking, but I mean, just think about it. Like in the professionals, like Goskowski went six for six. If he doesn't go six for six on field goals this past they weekend, lose, like, they lose the game. Like it's just, it's so important. Why doesn't they preach it at a younger age? So here's an interesting stat from this game. How many, how many yards do you think Texas Tech had on kick returns? Um, on kick returns, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a couple of, there's a couple of returns. I think, um, I don't know. I really couldn't tell you zero. Oh, so yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> they had no kick returns for, for yards. The, the, the nickname for, uh, Texas kicker is, you know, his name's Cameron Dicker. Um, and they call him Dicker the kicker because he's been the only consistent part about, you know, Texas's team, um, you know, the past the past few years. I mean, the defense has been shoddy, you know, in big games. Um, as you tell, like, last year against LSU. I mean, obviously LSU ends up winning the championship, but they got torched by LSU last year. So, you know, I have high hopes for the team this year. I really think that they can compete. Um, definitely looking forward to uh, watching the Red River rivalry game coming up because you know, I think it, I think it'll be a good game. Obviously, no defense should be a shoot. <laughs> it should be a shootout like it always is, you know. But you know, it's it's tw it's twelve forty p.m. and OU sucks.
But I mean, let's let's college football is mainly shootouts. Let's just be honest. The only time you get really good defensive games is late playoff SEC games. That big is when... Big Ten football. Big Ten against Big Ten. Big oh, Ten. That's big Ten. It has some defensive slugfest. Um, you know, they don't have the high-powered offenses necessarily that you know they have had in the past. You know, with Ohio State. I don't see them, you know. I mean, it's it's hard to say. But it's, and it's good to have it, it will be good to have Big 10 football back. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um roll keeping on with the games. Uh you have Florida at Ole Miss. Um Florida Florida is one of those teams where I mean, you hate to, you know, my brother's a big fan of them, you know. Um but I mean, Kyle Trask, six touchdowns, no interceptions, four hundred sixteen passing yards. I mean, it's it's it, looking at looking at it, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, they had one hundred ninety six rushing yards. I mean, they could do anything they really wanted. Like I, that game was closer, you know. I mean, closer than it should have been. I mean, fourteen points against the second teamers in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's it. Not, Florida looks like a pretty good team, you know, that could be competing in the SEC, you know. They say that year in, year out, though, you know. It's it's about how they play at the end of the season, really. Uh, not so much the start. But can I get a uh, – can I give a big kudos to Elijah Moore, though, putting up 227 receiving yards in a losing effort? Uh, and, and that's the thing. That is one of the things that the, the next level people look at. Um, I know that there's there's a – there's a guy that the the Bills drafted in um, uh, Gabriel Davis. I don't know. You guys probably heard his name called a little bit on this past Sunday. But he, I mean, he played for UCF. And the man, w- I mean, if you look at all of his games, he would go off in the games. And they, they could have lost the game by, you know, 21, 21 points. But the man just still out here working. And obviously, you know, some of that's garbage time, you know, just throwing up, you know, trying to score points at the end of the game. But, I mean, I think it really shows character in, you know, younger athletes that uh, they, 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 they keep trying, you know. I mean, it sucks to, you know, lose. But, I mean, might as well pad your stats, am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I mean, it does look good. But when they go back and look at the tape and, you know, NFL teams will go back and look at these well, of types course. of games yeah. and how you handled yourself. It becomes a big, a big difference in who gets taken to the next level. Of course, you know the 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 big thing, the big thing on that whole regard is you know, the zero touchdowns. You know, obviously something that you know, I, I mean I know Elijah Moore is isn't like a red zone threat necessarily. Um, from what I've seen, I mean he's a five nine, uh, he's a five nine, one hundred eighty five pound. So, I mean, that's a slot receiver right there. So, I mean, obviously, he's not going to get the red zone targets. But, obviously, you know, he's definitely a player that I, I – you know, hey, he might be something, you know, it, it coming down the road, you know. I, I this, mean, he could be the wide receiver to watch. This reminds me of a Julio Jones-type game. Playing for the Falcons of playing like, for the, like, tw- for the like Falcons. 20, 2013 Falcons or like 2014 Falcons? What, like like his I'd, like first two years where he padded stats? Um, I'd say more like 2016, 2017 when he, when he had the consistent 100-yard games 
but he didn't have the touchdowns because they couldn't finish the drives. Agreed. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, uh, um, I can understand that, you know, a lot of that had to do with just the play calling, I, I think, but you know, wrong plays at the wrong time type. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's definitely quite a few players this weekend that definitely jumped out. Um, uh, one of one of the one of the guys I would like to ask your opinion on is uh, the quarterback for Auburn, Bo Nix. What is your uh, what's your take on him? I mean, I I did catch a little bit of the game this weekend. Uh, I can't say that I watched you know the whole game. Um, like I said, I was kind of flipping through the games, but. Um, I mean, going out against a good Kentucky team, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are, but, I mean, you know, he did it on in the, through the air. Obviously, he – the, you know, a little over 50% passing, obviously, is something he definitely needs to improve on. But, I mean, he's proven in the past that he can win games. So, I mean, I, I what do you think? Is this Auburn team for real? And this week, I think – Kentucky's good, yes, but they're not the premier of that SEC division. And I think his big task is Georgia this week. I think this game will determine whether or not the Tigers are for real. Because, I mean, let's looking at a stat line, 16 for 27, like you said, 59% completions. That's not going to win SEC titles, right? That is not going to. Exactly. I mean, the 233 yards, it's not bad. For college, it's a little low because you see all these shootouts. But the NFL, a lot of NFL quarterbacks are only putting up 250, 275. Yeah, you have your outliers like Russell Wilson, Dak, and stuff like that. But a 233, three-touchdown stat line for a game is not a bad start. Um, in his career in 2019, if you look at the 2,000 yards, but he also had a 57% completion rating. That is going to have to change if he wants to put Auburn in contention for a national championship. Uh, and, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think this upcoming week with uh, them going to Georgia, I think if you can find a way to come out of Athens with, with a victory, I do think that they could ride that. I mean, you got Arkansas at home, yeah, South Carolina in South Carolina, and then Ole Miss at Ole Miss uh, before they get the matchup against LSU. And I really think that if they can if they can make it out of Athens with a win, I think there's a good chance that we're going to see a five and zero Auburn team taking on a four and one LSU team, and that's that's going to be a really good game. Uh, I think. Uh, and if you go with your tickets, tickets are uh, seventeen hundred dollars. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, Looking ahead at the this weekend's games, uh, I mean, what's your game to watch? What, let's just do no Texas TCU because everybody knows about that. But what is your what is your game to watch this weekend? I, I you know, people are gonna call me crazy for saying that this is the game that I want to watch, but I I really want to see I really want to see how Clemson does against Virginia. And, you know, people say on paper that Virginia should get, you know, killed by Clemson. But I just want to see, you know, it wasn't the best showing last, you know, this past weekend with, uh, you know, obviously it's kind of hard to, you know, 
I'm trying to see how to say this. You know, it's it's kind of hard to judge, you know, off of one week. But, I mean, they have a 97% chance to win. So this should literally be a blowout. Like, there should, it shouldn't even be close. And they played the Citadel. They, this is what I'm saying. They played Wake Forest and Citadel. I mean, they're coming off a 49 nothing win. Great, you beat the Citadel. Nothing crazy. You know, it's, it's Virginia. I, I've seen Virginia play teams close. Uh, I really think that they need – Clemson needs to be clicking because – they have what I, you know, I, I don't want to say the dark horse, but I'm going to say the dark horse sitting there at uh, week six in Miami. I, I, the, the team, it, they look like a good team. That's my, that's my game to watch. And, you know, it might be a blowout. It might be, but I, I just need to see them play. You know, and Virginia's, like, obviously they haven't really played anybody. You know, we don't know what kind of team Virginia's going to be, but – I really think it's going to be a good game. I don't think that it's going to be as much of a blowout as they think. That's my that, that's my opinion. Okay. And obviously you have the Georgia-Auburn game, which is a game to watch. But what about this Alabama A&M matchup? I, so, I no, do think A&M, yeah, they only beat Vandy by five points. Mm-hmm. But they looked well. Like, they – we're clicking. They figured it out together. I want to see if they can if they can put the screws to Alabama and tr- and make them earn this win. So. All right, and and I will I will tell you that d- defensively they looked like a team that could potentially limit limit you know the uh, they could limit the uh, offensive attack of you know Najee Harris. Um, I do believe that they can stuff the run, um, but they got to figure out this offense at A and M. They got to find yeah. an identity. They got to find an identity. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at 100 and you know 183 total rushing yards week one, um, and only one touchdown to show for it. You have 189 passing yards. I mean, yeah, it's a balanced attack, great, but. I mean, college, that's a low stat line. And honestly, in almost both regards, I mean, that's three people who combined for 183 yards. And and I also will say that, once again, going through college football, this is all a learning curve for us. We've never seen, you know, the easy first two games of a normal – not easy, but – you the know, warm-ups. The normal, yeah, yeah the, the warm-up games. We haven't seen them. You know, these teams are getting thrown into conference play immediately. And teams are just starting to click now. And I think I think having their, this game under their belt, I really do believe that we might see a different Aggies team on offense this week. If they, And if they think they can figure it out, if they figure it out, then I think this game will be tight all the way down to the fourth quarter. I, I completely I completely agree with you on that one. Um, I definitely think that if the defense can can play like they played last week, I do think that you know they definitely have just as good of a chance you know as any. I mean, it just I think it depends on what Alabama team shows up as well. Yeah, and it depends on if we get the the uh, down your throat Bama defense back up and running. But I just don't think that I don't think that offense is as good as they've been in. 
years. I agree. And, and I, I definitely agree. You know, like, like we touched on earlier and, you know, we're not going to beat, beat the dead horse, but I don't think that Mac Jones can, can, can carry this Alabama team. If Najee Harris, if they, if Najee Harris doesn't run for a hundred yards and at least a touchdown or two, I don't think that this Alabama, I think this Alabama team is very beatable. And I've been, I've never really thought an Alabama team in the past has been very beatable. Um, obviously, you know, I've, I've seen Alabama, you know, prove me wrong before in the past and, you know, find ways to win all these games. But I just think that this is the year that if you're going to be an SEC team and you want a shot at the playoff, this is, this is the year. I mean, take a this, shot for it. Right. And this isn't a scary Alabama team. I agree. We've seen scary Bama teams. I, I can, I can tell you from experience, like, I mean, all, and that's the thing, like Najee Harris, Listen, every every good Bama team has a running back. the The thing is, is that you could stop the running back, and then you'd have a quarterback right behind him who could throw or make a play and do it. You know, you've always had that wide receiver threat that's just like absolutely insane. You know, you've had you've had people like you know you've had uh the you've had the Judys. You've had I mean, obviously you got to go back a little bit. You got Julio Jones. You've had like they've always had kind of a receiver like. That was that could, you know, take the burden off of the running game. So it's definitely gonna be interesting to see. Um, but I'd like to hear your opinion. What is your what is your college football lock of the week? Ooh, my lock of the week. You know, uh, you know, I I, I would lo- I would say stick to the top twenty five. I want to hear you like, I want to see. I mean, if you if you want to go top twenty five, I'm gonna go Florida. Florida, I do think this Florida team, I think they're for real. Sorry, South Carolina. You know, I have I have a friend from South Carolina. I just don't see it happening. But, no, um, I think my lock of the week, you know, I really like an underdog story. I'm probably going to get flamed in the comments for this. I'm waiting for this. This but, is good. I am going with the SMU Mustangs over the Memphis. I was just looking at this game, Tigers. Tigers. I I love me some SMU. Uh, I I think that you know, I think you know the the former Texas quarterback and <sighs> Bouchelle is gonna you know show up and I I think I think he's gonna lead that team to a victory. That's that's my lock of the week. That's, that's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. Exactly. Speaking. Now hold on. Uh, I do want to. I do want to touch on okay. one thing. All right. Do we classify if Auburn wins as an upset? Because technically it is. Uh. But I don't see that being. In my opinion, I don't see that as an upset. So, so in my opinion, you know, when it comes to upsets, I think if they're both teams are within the same like bracket. So, like, if you have like two top top twenty five teams who are like both twenty tiers or both in like the tens. You know, and it's not like a one versus like a twenty-five. I don't think ranked opponents really—it's an upset, especially this early in the season. You know, maybe late in the season. You know, you got a like number twenty-five who's like records like five and three going into eight and zero. Yeah, yeah, I that'd be an upset, but I think it's too early to really call anything an upset because we don't know what teams are gonna, you know, what they are, what their identities are. But uh, you know, leading off to the leading into the next segment. Big night tonight at 8 p.m. We have arguably, 
I wouldn't say the, I wouldn't say the, the, I'd say the most intriguing matchup we probably could have had in the NBA finals with uh, LeBron going up against the Heat. I mean, Heat, Heat, where did they come from? I mean, they, they shocked <laughs> the world. They, they took this, they took this by storm. And I mean, even their uh, regular season record, 44 and 29, that, and you compare that to a 52 and 19 Lakers. That's un, that's insane to me. And this te- this Heat team, if you look at their squad, you you're you're like how, who who de- who carried them here? And it was a basically a group effort. I mean, yeah, exactly. If you look at this, if you just look, even if you just like go to Game Six stats, I mean, you look at it, and I mean, just across the board, you have. 32 points from Bam Adebayo, 22 points from Butler. You have nine points from Jameson Crowder, 13 from Drogic. Robinson got you 15. You got Hero getting you 19 off the bench. Iguodala, 15 points. I mean, when you have literally six scores in double digits, it's, it's going to be – I mean, you're going to put up points. I mean, 125 points, I, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's just one of those one of those things where it's like, how 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 far do you think that this Heat team can take this LA team? Because arguably LA, I mean, it's going to be the, it's the they're the favorite, and I mean, I think every sports expert's picking them. But I want I want to hear you know you're you're a Miami fan, you're trying to you're you're getting interviewed here, and I tell you why Miami. I mean, if you love a good David and Goliath story, here it is. I mean, everyone's banking, everyone's writing you, writing Miami off already. So why not put it all out there to prove everybody that you are for real? I think this is going to test Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and Bam because they're going to have to put 110% every minute of every game to keep this close. And I'm going to say... I'm going to – I don't think Miami pulls this off, but I'm thinking at least six games. Uh, and, yeah, no, I agree. I I don't think it's definitely not going to be a sweep. It's not going to be – I don't think it's going to be necessarily, a, you know, even a five-game series. I do think this goes six games. Um, I do believe that Miami – if Miami's going to win, I do believe that they might steal game one. Um. And, and that's just that's just from you know history um you know it takes a little bit for lebron to get going um obviously i know that they've been they've been kind of rolling they just came off the that nugget series but i do think the keys to beating the lakers is you have to stop ad or lebron if they both put up you know 25 plus points you're not going to win the game like you it's it's not going to happen you got to stop one or, you know, even if LeBron only has, like, 20 points, you know, high 10, you know, like 18, I mean, if you can stop one of the two-headed monster, you're you're going to be in good shape because then you're going to make Kuzma shoot. You're going to make a KCP shoot. You're going to make Rondo make plays. You know, Danny – playoff Danny Green is going to start shooting the ball. You know, it's like – I mean, right, if and, you we've, can, and we have seen what uh, – 
old playoff Rondo looks like from Boston times. And it's and if we keep, if we see that Rondo this series, it LA's gonna make short work of this because if if you have playoff LeBron you have mad playoff LeBron from Miami. We haven't really seen an A D in a finals form. So hey, this hey. we're gonna see it for the first time. And then you have Rondo, Dwight Howard, eh, he's he's there, is what I'll say. Exactly. But you always you have this rotating six man for LA that reminds me of back in the day the old Spurs Manu six man rotation. Like, but also that could all be said for Miami. Tyler Hero is a should be a six man in the in the conversation for the six man award for the year. Uh, and I and I completely agree. You know, he's kind of just he's one of those players that just kind of, you know, everybody had written off. Um, I know that uh, I was watching. Uh, I'm trying to remember what what it was, but I was watching a video, and you know, um, a couple of YouTubers like did a fantasy draft that they could you know draft the players before the season, mm-hmm. and I believe the the uh, number three pick was Tyler Hero, and everybody laughed at him and said that he was crazy because, you know, he was all the way down. He's, like, projected, like, in the 20s. And, honestly, steal of the draft, you know, looking at it. I mean, the the, the two guys that the Heat got in uh, in Nunn and uh, Hero, you know, turned out to be the two two of the arguably, you know, the best rookies when it comes to, you know, uh, contributing to the, the team aspect. Obviously, it's looking like uh, it's looking like Ja, ja you know, with the – meaningful but uh no i mean i think the keys like i said the key to to beating this la team is you're gonna have to stop one of them you know the you know defensively it's it's an interesting matchup because i don't know who covers who for the heat i really don't because you have bam but who's bam got because if you put bam on ad i mean who you get who you gonna put on who you gonna put on dwight slash javal or are you, do you put Jay? Do you it put de- Jay on LeBron, or do you, who do you put on LeBron? Because like it just defensively, Miami, I don't think has a matchup. I mean, do you play Duncan Robinson on on Anthony Davis? I I just don't know what you do. No, you're gonna have to. This is gonna sound really weird. Iguodala is gonna have to play defense. So so what do you do? Do you start him, or do you just strictly play him on? Do you play him on LeBron? You strictly, you strictly, you play Iguodala when you're playing a man-to-man defense, and when you switch back to a zone defense, you take him out. I think that's how you, because you're gonna have to, you can't run a man-to-man against LA all game. You're gonna have to switch into. I would almost say. A bot, a one-two-two defense, or even a two-three defense, which isn't really unheard of but it's it's not unheard of no it's just something that you know if you watch if you just have, if you watch nba games i mean most of the time you know they're in man just because it's it's just how the league is nowadays but i i don't know i i like it like we both agreed on i think it's lakers and six i i just don't think there's any way i mean david versus goliath here you know i would love to see the heat win you know uh i really do think that this would just be a I mean, it would definitely knock down LeBron a tier if he can't win this. I mean, if he comes out, if he comes out and wins this, I don't think it really boosts his. 
I mean, yeah, okay, another title. But I really think, like, I don't think it boosts him that much. In the discussion of, you know, GOAT. Uh, you know, I'm a little... Uh, <laughs> oh, if he wins this, he'll have four to six. I, I don't... Lakers and six. We're just going to leave it at that. We're going to leave it at Lakers and six. Because this legacy, the only thing I will say is if, if LeBron does pull this off, this will definitely be dedicated to Kobe. Oh, I think, and I I 100% 100 think that this is the most important finals for late for Lakers fans. Oh, and I completely agree. I think, you know, it's literally a, a Cinderella written story. Like, obviously, they're expected to win. It's not like the Cinderella story where it's you know they're not expected to win. But I think you know it's just it's poetry in motion, really. If LeBron doesn't win this, he's going to be hated in LA for a couple months. And he's going to be hated in LA. And the, I mean, the team MJ is just going to rip into him even more. You know, I think no matter what, I think LeBron gets criticized, even if he wins. Because you know he had to he had to have AD come and join him. He couldn't do it with last year's team. He couldn't even make the playoffs with last year's team. Granted, injuries you know the injury bug hurt him. But I think and I mean that's not all that's not yeah. all on him. That also had to do the coaching was the dumpster fire of a roster. Yeah, the it, the dumpster fire, the coaching. I just What's... and it's not and it's not like they went out of their way to get AD. It was kind of like one of those, if you want to play with LeBron, come to LA. And yeah, yeah, that was their that's the kind of their pitch to all the free agents and everything. So, with that being said, who do you think is the X factor player of this series? I, I mean, obviously you have the the stars in LeBron, Anthony Davis, Butler. You got Goran Dragic. You know who who do you think is the you know kind of like maybe flies under people's radar, but it's going to be the key to either. Winning it for the Lakers or upsetting uh, upsetting the Lakers for the Heat? I'm going to say if – I'm going to do one for each team because I think that's, that, I that's fair. No, that, that's, that's a good – that is a good call. I'm going to say the X factor for the Lakers is going to be Rajon Rondo. Okay. Um, just because when he gets in there and he gets – and and he starts looking consistently good and healthy. He is a menace with that ball. His ability to pass to find the open man is just unbelievable when he's at a hundred percent. And I think we have seen glimpses of that this postseason already. Yeah, I I, I completely agree on, on that side. That was actually going to be my my pick for the Lakers. I think if Rondo's out there, you know, if he's dishing the ball off as well as, you know, shooting. And if he puts up, you know, anywhere, you know, from like 15, 15 to 20, I would love to see that, you know, maybe with like 10, 10 plus assist. I think, I think that puts the Lakers in the best chance to win. I what about for the heat? I agree with that. I'm going to fly a little under, you know, everyone's going to say Tyler hero and I can understand that, but I'm going to say, bam. I oh, think I if Bam start, if Bam plays phenomenal defense, I think that could be the key to shutting down him switching on and off AD and LeBron. If he shuts down AD and LeBron starts to get hot, I think you switch Bam to LeBron and see what happens. You know, you're gonna have to play. You're gonna he's gonna have to play back and forth on each player. 
Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, I'm going to go a little bit of a different route with my, with my pick uh, for my X factor. I, I really think that a, well, at least from what I saw in the last series, um, I think it's going to be Jay Crowder. Um, I think if, if he can shoot and if he, if his three ball is falling, I think he just adds another, you know, dynamic weapon, uh, you know, that now, now you got to, you know, step out and guard him and it leaves, you know, the inside open, you know, for a hero to drive and he can drive and kick out to Jay. And if Jay's, if he's making it rain, I mean, it's going to be, that's, that's where the heat make their money is, you know, driving and kickouts, driving kick out, you know, and it's also going to open up the lane for Butler to drive. And it's just, I think he's, he's definitely my X factor for this series. And he does. Jay Crowder is averaging 15 points for Lakers, so that is definitely 15 points needed to. Yeah, and I believe he's uh, 33% from the field, I believe, uh, or from the three-point line. 33.3% from three-point, 52% from the field total. Which, if you're above fit, if you're above 48%, I would say that's that's clean game right there. I agree. Then again, uh, you could still shoot 30% and still have 50 points, but. That's <laughs> neither here nor there. So, all right. So we got we both got Lakers in six. I agree. Yeah, and uh, I I really do think that I do think it's going to be a good series to watch. I think it's going to be entertaining basketball. Um, I I applied to be a virtual fan in uh, the Heat's game when they're the home team. So maybe you know maybe you'll see me on the big board in the finals. We'll see. I'll definitely be watching. It's. Um, and I know we don't touch much on hockey season because it's officially over now. But did you catch any playoffs? Did you catch any hockey playoffs? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I watched the finals. Um, as you know, you know, it's kind of a kind of a kind of weird, you know, being <laughs> being a Blues fan coming off of uh, last season and just you know watching the team get eliminated. Uh, but you know, it's. It was good to see Patrick Maroon, you know. It was good that he that he got it, you know, that he got to at least hoist it again. Um, obviously, you know, he was obviously without him we might not even we wouldn't have made where we did last year. So, you know, it was good to see, you know, at least one of the boys, you know, hoist the trophy. I, I honestly I was definitely rooting against the Dallas. I just there's always been a special hatred for Dallas, you know. It, it's nothing that Dallas has ever done to us. It's just as a fan, it's just one of those teams where you've just never really been a fan. That's fair. And um, fun fact, though, did you know that out of the uh, the last four teams in the Stanley Cup final- playoffs, all four of them had a St. Louis-born player? Yeah, that that's crazy. That's crazy to think, like. You had Paul Stastny from uh, Vegas. Yeah. You had Paul, uh, Pat Maroon from the Lightning. Ben Bishop for the Stars, mm-hmm. and um, oh, why, why can't I think of his name? Uh-oh, I probably should have had that pulled up, but anyway, that's the, that was the stat. It was just, it was insane to me to think how far St. Louis has come as a city for sports. Oh, I, I agree, and like uh, with, with the emergence of, you know, the short, the short-lived uh, resurgence of football in um st louis and as well as the mls you know i mean i i'm i'm definitely going to be looking forward to 
you know, making some trips home, hopefully catching some games. Um, obviously, you know, not the biggest fan of soccer, but uh, shout out to shout out to Kyle. Um, he kind of got me into soccer. Um, so, you know, it's it's growing on me a little bit. You know, I know there's gonna be a lot of people in the comments when they see this video. They're gonna be like, uh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna call you. Quote, they're, they're gonna they're quote gonna call me. You out, yeah. They're gonna quote me for the saying this the rest of my life. I I can tolerate soccer. Okay, and I I you know it's it's one of those things. You know, it's gonna take some getting used to. Um, my hatred for soccer stems from you know and being in from a small town you know having soccer and football uh, as your two spring sports or as your two fall sports excuse me um you know some of the talent most talented players you know, that I played with from like sixth seventh and eighth grade you know they didn't even touch the football field in high school because they were you know on the soccer field right uh, you know arguably the greatest running back I've ever seen in my entire life you know for even like playing in high school like he he played soccer for four years never touched a football field in high school probably I mean he didn't play for he went to the public school not not where I went but I mean arguably one of the best you know that's just where my you know that's why I don't like soccer and that's like it also stems from you know genetics my dad hates soccer so I kind of just by association hated soccer that's I get that and I, I dabbled in soccer you know growing up playing I played a little bit of CYC soccer and I never did play high school soccer, which mm-hmm. I was more focused on basketball and baseball. Well, yeah, of course, you know. Um, and I took both of those uh, relatively far, baseball more than uh, basketball. But soccer to me is one of those sports that it is so much better when you're there. And I, I'm going to make this um, – uh, comparison to golf mm-hmm. i went going to bell reeve when the 2018 pga championship was in st louis it is so much more electric and crazy being there than it is sitting on your couch watching tiger putt on the 18th hole you know what i mean yeah and soccer is the same soccer to me is the same way you get there you see the riots i mean let's just be honest there's lots of riots when it comes to soccer um and there's just the fans get so into it. It's so great to see. It's and I think it's more. And I'm kind of glad that MLS did not come this season to St. Louis due to everything going on. We have a year to figure it out before it could hurt St. Louis as a market. Oh, and yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it was best. Uh, you know, honestly, it worked out in the favor with the whole, you know. Situation. I mean the, the whole situation, yeah. Um, but I agree. I think uh, St. Louis is definitely, especially with the 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 showing that we had with the short-lived Battle Hawks. Um, everybody on you know the word on the street is that they're coming back. So I hope to see that they come back because I'd like to catch a game. You know. Uh, so I mean, the Rock says it's coming back. So I mean, I don't argue with the Rock. A call for those. Kaka is forever law. So oh. with that being said, uh, we're going to roll into our final segment. Uh, my personal favorite is, uh, is our uh, viewer question of the day. And the, today's, today's question comes to you uh, from Amy Justice in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. She, she, she asked uh, if we could 
give a little bit of coverage to the profession <laughs> to professional mini golf. And I have a, I, I have the stats pulled up here. So this this uh, this is for you, Amy. So uh, this past weekend, the World Mini Golf Federation held the second round of their Media Cup, which for those of you who don't know, they bring in seventy media analysts from around the world, and they compete and in, uh, in a knockout style uh, competition. And uh, usually, usually it is a hundred people, but this year they could only bring in set the top seventy. Um, so the winners of this competition in first place from the Tasnim News Agency, and I'm going to probably mispronounce this last name, is Maya Shasavara, Savari, excuse me, sorry, my apologies. In second place in the women's division, Bahari Mohammadi from Fars News Agency. And in third place, Hajar Alizadi from Filmazan e Javan Institute. And for the men's side of things, we have Akbar Dadash Zadeh from the Iran newspaper. We have Siamak Kaji from Farhektagan newspaper. And in third place for the men's division, we have Jafar Jetty from the Tasnim News Agency. And that is for the Mini Golf Media Cup. That was held. That was held in Tehran this this past weekend. And just to put this into account, they practice. I'm. I was looking up some stuff last night when we when we went over what we were going to talk about, and I kind of took this as a, you know something I didn't expect. But some of these people are crazy. Like they practice ten hours a day. There are over 40,000 pro miniature golfers that that play over three different continents. And um, Mr. Carlson, who is was a professional mini golfer for about eight, nine years, has made over $250,000 from professional mini golf. Like, that is a lot that I didn't expect to learn last night. It is it is kind of crazy how big the sport is, you know, that you could just you just you know you'd go there on the weekends and just mess around with like your little brother or your you know siblings or whatever. But in uh, in regards to you know obviously that was kind of on the world stage, but in you know regards to um, the United stage, I mean I don't I don't think it gets bigger than next week. You know, the U.S. Uh, Mini Golf Masters is uh, happening um, October 6th through the 10th. Uh, that's pretty exciting. Um, you uh, you excited about that? I think they're hosting I mean, it in Myrtle, Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach is considered the mini golf capital of the world. Fun fact. Um, trivia question. Um, but, yes, I'm actually intrigued and. In- I will be honest. I am probably going to watch, try to watch a little bit of this to just see how crazy this gets. Because, like I said, when Amy asked the question yesterday, I kind of just, you know, shrugged it off. We were going to talk about the the show on Hulu currently, Holy Moly, or on TV as well. But exactly. Um, then I did some research, and this is as real of a sport as it gets. 
I mean, if you're looking at the, this, like I'm looking at the itinerary for the Masters, and it's you play six rounds on Thursday, six rounds of golf, um, which is crazy. And just to enter the tournament, it's $180 for, but you have to be an active member of the the uh, U.S. Pro uh, Mini Golf Federation, and it's saying here that the cash payout for the winner is twenty thousand dollars for the masters yeah, twenty thousand dollars for being just being able to putt which i mean is something as, as a golfer i can't do <laughs> exactly. i can't do my short game is good but my putting is atrocious exactly i i like to drive it i like to drive the ball and drink beer while i'm on the golf course i can't putt right that's um, the best part no, is just driving exactly. around the golf cart exactly you crash your golf cart repeatedly exactly oh. and no but but from what i see is there's there you play on three different courses uh, you play 12 rounds of golf, so you play six rounds, four rounds, two rounds. Now, now are they running nine holes or 18? Because I, I couldn't find a, a, a straight answer. From, uh, from what I understand, I do believe that um, – I do believe they play 18. I, uh, I haven't found the, the exact thing, but I also think it depends on where they are playing at. And my guess would be – is that they play 18, but I'd have to, I'd have to research a little bit more, but from what I see is, is like, like you said, um, it looks like it's as real as they can get. I mean, it, it really is. And from what it looks like, it looks like it is 18 holes. Cause, uh, it looks like the average score is, uh, like 35 around. So okay. that would be so roughly, would... roughly 18 holes. Um, that, you know, two, yeah. with two shots, uh, two shots a hole. Um, um, but another interesting fact I learned, the first mini golf tournament was 1930 and it was called the national Tom thumb open. And the cash purse was $10,000 in first place got $2,000. So it has come a long way financially as well. And I'm assuming that has to do with sponsorships and stuff like that, which uh, I, I agree. I, I'm, I mean, I haven't necessarily dabbled into the, you know, uh, the sponsorships and, you know, where, how, how to get involved with it. But I'm sure that, you know, like golf courses, you know, all around the world are, you know, trying to get their name out there. You know, obviously it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where it's, it's kind of hard to spread the word unless you just, you know, get, get your, uh, you know, if you get the actual public to watch it. And, you know, I know that me and you, if we wouldn't have looked up all this stuff, I mean, I would never have known that there was a world tour of, you know, of mini golf. Like, it's just something right. that you don't see. It's something you do on the weekend, like I said, with your siblings. You just go pay $10 and they'll play 18 holes. And, I mean, if you look at some of these courses, it's not, it's not like going down the road to – swing around fun town or anything like that these are extremely difficult courses yeah no and i see i see that uh the so um the bluegrass mini golf course uh, is hosting the u.s open um may 15th to the 16th and it is um it looks like olivia prokopova is the defending champion um and that she will be defending her title against Joey Graybell, who won last year's Masters Championship. So it looks like, 
You know, I mean, it's then this is this is the thing. This is a sport where it's not just men. It's it's not always men versus men. I mean, in in this case, it's men versus women. I mean, you got you got both sides that you know coming coming in hot. It's and and that's kind of something that to me is kind of cool that they do is it it's not women men division it's mix and so going back to the Masters because that is this weekend and we are going to touch up on this um so they're competing on three different courses yes yes which uh... is kind of cool and if you look. And I'm gonna I'm gonna name off these uh the golf courses because if you go look these courses up you'll see what I'm talking about by the difficult level. Um, the first course is Aloha Mini Golf, which is an island course. Um, and it's crazy how I, the yeah, stuff they I, have to get through. I have a picture pulled up here. Yeah, it's definitely definitely interesting to say the least. Um, it's a definitely it's, it's an interesting concept. You know, like, I, I think a lot of people, you know, at least m- me personally, um, the only time I really have any sort of interaction with mini golf is like we were talking about, like, the show Holy Moly. Like, I've watched a few episodes of that, you know, um, mainly watched it because I heard Steph Curry was on the show. Um, and so that oh, was pretty God. interesting. I mean, he's, he's the one who, like, uh, I think directed he it pro- or he produced, produced, it, produced it. it. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it, was, it, it was an interesting show, but, like, some of those – holes like man i tell you what they're they're something to it's not something to take lightly like it's something that you got to train for and you probably and i'm curious i want to find a video how do people throw golf throw their putters after missing putts this seems like it would be an interesting video now that i think about it it, it seems it seems like it would be a rage inducing sport for sure oh for it sure. definitely would be we thought we thought watching golfers break things was fun. Wait till we see many golfers breaking things. I agree, and just a little quick update on the games going on right now. Reds Braves are still scoreless at the top of the eighth, um, at zero zero. You have uh the Astros and Twins. Astros have a one nothing lead in the bottom of the fourth, and you have the Marlins and Cubs who just. Uh, got underway. It looks like they're in the second inning, and it is zero zero. So I, I really do think it's a going to be a good week of games. It's a great um, day for baseball. I mean, it's beautiful. We got beautiful weather here. It's mid sixties at the moment. Sunny. You can't really tell. I mean, you can kind of tell behind me, but yeah, it's kind of a little bit of light over here from the other side too. Yeah, so. It's just it's a beautiful day. You got day baseball. Why not go get a six pack of beer? Enjoy the day. Exactly, and I yeah, don't no, endorse on. I do not endorse drinking day drinking, but when it's when when it's possible, today would be a day to do it. Exactly, and I think that's that's the, you know, with with the current situation that we're all in. I think you know some people who don't would normally be working, you know, the the old nine to five. Uh, you know, if they they don't have to work as long, you know, they have the opportunity to do that. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm currently unemployed due to what happened a couple exactly. months ago yeah and exactly it's stressful you know i put applications in every day of the week it's mm-hmm. looking for a job is like a job it takes every day monday through friday at least and it's unfortunate i haven't found some yet but hey exactly I can talk about sports i can talk about sports during the day now so i i would not trade that 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's, that's like my situation, you know, just being in school, you know, you know, being in my schoolhouse, it's just, it is what it is, you know, just taking it day by day. Well, I would want to touch on one more thing before we get out of here. I, I did, this is something that caught my eye. You know, I didn't, I didn't read this until this morning, actually, but the Braves added Pablo Sandoval to their, to their I playoff did see, roster. I did see that when I looked at the lineup today, I was I, confused for a second. I, I just saw this, but yeah, they, uh, they released left-handed pitcher Tommy Malone who posted a 14.9 ERA, which I can understand why he got dropped for that performance in three starts. So, yeah, no, it looks like they uh, they added a little bit of experience. I mean, what was he? He was the MVP of the uh, 2012. Yes, he was. Back when the Giants team were actually good. Exactly. Oh, but wait, that was when Giants went every other year for uh-huh, yep. three year, two, two times? 2012, 2014, or was it 2010, 2012? 2012, 2014. I thought it was 2012, 2014. Yep. For this, this, uh, the Reds Brave series, yes, yeah, no, I figured it was uh, the pitching. So, Bauer wins is going is through seven, two hits, 11 strikeouts. Max Fried went seven, seven flat, six hits, five strikeouts, uh, no runs apiece. So, that is what we expect out of, or that is what needs to be needs to happen in playoff pitching. Is stuff like that to not run your, because in a three game series, your bullpen is going to be fried if they're consistently used. Exactly. Yeah. No. Exactly. And that, like we touched on earlier, I just think in all in every series, pitching matters. Because if if your pitcher goes seven eight innings, you have that much of an advantage. I mean, you have every arm ready to go in the in the bullpen. So I think that it'll be an interesting day for you know baseball, and uh, you know looking forward to the rest of this week, you know, with the NBA finals and uh, football, I think it's going to be a good week of sports. I mean, with, with nothing else really going on, I think it's going to be a great day, to, great week to watch sports. It's just nice to have sports back. And I mean, when hockey started, you had hockey every day, but it's just, it's nice to get back to our normal slight schedule. You know, you expect, well, we expect the red October in St. Louis every year and we have it this year. So it's kind of like things are slightly getting back to normal with everything going on. So it's just not, that's all I can really say is it's just good to have sports back, back to playoffs. You know. Exactly. And uh, you know, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun ride that we're on here at the D and D shows. So uh, I look forward to the next time that we get to chat. Um, I'm sure we'll uh, I'll hit you up tomorrow or the next day and we can uh, review today's game. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but I appreciate you all for if you made it this far for listening in. And if you have any, you know, anything that you want to chime in, please 
hit up the comments below. Um, we always say. appreciate it. And any questions that you want us to answer, if you want to be a chance to be the viewer question of the episode, please just comment below what you, anything sports related uh, we'll hit on. Um, hit up but, the comments. We're going to actually, I'm going to create a Twitter. Let's actually do this. If we're going to do this, we're going to do this for real. Uh, we'll put Twitter in the next uh, bio as well. And we'll start yep. getting this thing rolled out. Yeah, we heard it here here first. We uh, but yes, no. So go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button while you're at it, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next time. Peace. Uh, peace.